We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some Didn't I Just Feed You version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone, even our last minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. Mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you, too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up, and the process is automated, so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is Byheart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like an early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. We are here to say, no, you should have the things in your freezer that your family actually eats and uses. If you're never going to use stock from the freezer, if you're never going to make instant pot broth and stock and freeze it, like don't put that stuff in there and then never use it. That makes no sense. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids. Hi, I'm Megan. <laughs> and I'm Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> We're confused today. We. Not about the topic. Not about the topic. We're going to talk about freezer fun, like fun in your freezer. But hey, while you're listening right now, we'd love if you would hit subscribe. You can do it wherever you're listening. And it'll help getting new episodes quick and easy. And then you'll also get all the backlog of episodes that you haven't listened to yet. And do you know what? If you're feeling really extra lovey-dovey today, smash all five stars too. <laughs> you like my impression of Isaac? In case people say, don't listen all the way to the yes. end. Rate and review, please. We Rate really love review. it. And we read all the reviews. I fully admit to, I get on iTunes daily. And check for new ratings and reviews. I do too. Is that weird? <laughs> happy. It's like one of the first things I do when I sit at my desk. Uh, and I'm always so happy. Like, oh, there's 92 ratings now. It went up by two. Yay. Get so excited. So let's talk about this. I'm very excited about today's episode. I know you are. I am I'm too. like super excited. The the concept here is we're getting into summer. It's time to get your freezer ready for summer break. Not just popsicles, but foods that are going to make your life so much easier. Because I feel like summer's supposed to be this nice, easy thing, and it's hella busy. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought it up in respect to summer, because for me, it's also about fall. I mean, let's get real. Like using your freezer effectively is about every single season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're right. always hella busy. But it's funny <laughs> that we really aren't going to talk much about preservation, which is what I think of when I connect freezer and summer. People talking about 
homemade jams. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time to make homemade jam to freeze it or can it. But we should talk about that too, because there, like, there are certain fruits that at least here on the East Coast, Northeast, we can only get so delicious in the summertime. And using your freezer is a great way to store them. Like I always have a huge bag of sour cherries that yes. I buy at the farmer's market in the summer yes. in my freezer. And I think it's really funny that you like make fun of people who can and jam because I am that person. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. I want to be you. I want to be you. I'm just and not. I will say that the, you can make jam for the freezer. Like you don't yeah. have to go through the whole canning process. So we should talk about that because even though you should have a, a stocked clean and organized freezer for all seasons, there's some extra special stuff we can take advantage of as we are in spring and summer, right? Yes. But totally. Stacy, I feel like it's useful to our listeners to know what kind of freezer or freezers do you have at home? So I just have, I should take a picture of it and I'll share it on Instagram. We are at didn't I just feed you? It's very yeah, easy. Yeah, and shout out. You are at Stacy Billis. And, and you I... are at Megan underscore Spalon. Yeah, that's a recent update. Yeah. So be sure to follow us there to see our freezers. I will share a picture. I just have one of those drawers at the bottom of my fridge. Okay. Actually, there are two drawers now. We got a new fridge after our renovation because there was a disaster with the first one. Anyway, another story, <laughs> another time. So I have two drawers. Okay. And the top one I use for more dinner stuff, frozen vegetables and proteins. And the bottom drawer, I would like to say that it's easier to reach for my kids, but my kids are uh, nearly as tall as me at this yeah, point. Right. Um, but it's all like the snacky stuff. So there's like ice cream, super pretzels. Uh, all this stuff for smoothies, that kind of thing. How about you? Okay. So we have a very old school fridge that came with our house when we bought it. And I want to office space it, like take it outside and beat it to death with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that would also make good Instagram content, by the really way. It really would. It really would. But we don't have the budget for new new appliances yet. So it is like that very classic freezer on top, fridge on the bottom. Yep. Like not drawers. We used to have a really nice in our old house and we sold it with the house, a really nice KitchenAid with the bottom freezer. And I really liked that. And it had like a drawer within the drawer, which made it super easy to organize. So my life having just the classic like top freezer to organize has been really weird. I don't know. It's like you get used to organizing a freezer a certain way. And then when you are in a different freezer, you have to figure out a new system. Totally. But we also, my my brother left Boise and moved to Reno last year. And he had a stand-up freezer in his garage and he gave it to us. So I have two freezers. I have like a big garage freezer. You should be. You really should yeah. be. Uh <laughs> It's yeah. one more place to organize, and it's one more place for leftovers to go to die. I, well, <laughs> so this is so interesting that you brought it up. I okay. think maybe I spoke about this in our Should You Marie Condo Your Kitchen episode. Yeah. I, when we got this new fridge, I was like, I'm done with finding, you know, freezer burn meat in the back and yeah. like disgusting things that I never use. So I've been purposely keeping my fridge hella empty, like really trying to like be minimal about it and make sure that I use everything up before I buy something new. Even when I think I absolutely need something for the week, if I hadn't had time before my shop to go into the freezer and look, I will not buy it now. And I just say to myself, well, you'll just have to adapt or come up with another recipe if you don't have it at home already, because that's how unruly my last freezer was. Okay. And I don't want to get there again. So it's funny because on one hand, I'm jealous of having like a huge extra freezer. And on the other hand, like what would I do with it at this point? I don't know because I'm so like minimal about my freezer right now. Okay. But we should talk about this idea that like you don't want to shop unless you know what's in your freezer, there's a a super simple solution to that, which is make a freezer inventory and keep it on your phone. A lot of people in the listeners group use like AnyList or Google Docs. I'm maybe old school in the way that like I just stick that stuff in my notes on my phone. 
And I have to update it like once a month, but I tried to I tried to do that because it is helpful when you're like out and about and you're like, do I have that? And especially since I have a garage freezer that has like a bunch of prep stuff in it, I need to know what's in there without always having to like go in and check. So that, freezer inventory is imperative. That is so genius. It also a little bit goes under the, should you make homemade pasta with your kids thing <laughs> where I'm like, that's genius. You're a hundred percent right in my heart. I'm like, yes, I bow down to you. You're a goddess. And I'm just never going to do that. <laughs> okay. What about just taking a picture yes. of the inside of your freezer then? That's what I was just going to say. Like, that's what I thought you were going to suggest. And that I can do. Okay. So see, there's a solution for, for every type of person here, whether yeah. you have the time and you like to organize and have a freezer inventory or whether you're Stacy and you ain't got time for that. It's funny when I'm defiant, even to my own self. <laughs> I have In a real a defiant streak. I'm like, that's so smart. You should do that, Billis. I'm like, no, I will never do that. No, it's that you know yourself very well. Yeah, and that's actually Thank you. a strength. Because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed. And specifically, we can wrap, we can turn this back around to the freezer. Like they're like, oh, I should have all of these things in my freezer because that's what cooking experts recommend. And we're here to say, no, you should have the things in your freezer that your family actually eats and uses. If you're never going to, use stock from the freezer. If you're never going to make instant pot broth and stock and freeze it, like don't put that stuff in there and then never use it. That makes no sense. That is so smart. And actually I want to just hit the pause button because I think that what you're bringing up is an important lesson for being in the kitchen. Generally speaking, we talked to row of Brown kids Mm -hmm. in our episode. It was like our earth day episode on like reducing date and debt and waste that this idea of accepting who you are, how you cook and allow allowing that to drive what kind of recipes you choose, what kind of meals you make, even if they don't match up to your imagination of yourself or what you want to be, what you buy at the supermarket. Don't go aspirational (laughs) until you're ready to go aspirational. Like accept yourself. Like if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to use it, don't freeze it. So I think that's a great rule of thumb for the kitchen in general. And leads into the next question, which is, Stacy, who is your freezer self? What staples <laughs> does she stock in her freezer? Okay. So I bet we have a lot of overlap. We do. We do. I think that the number one thing that I've learned to freeze are leftovers. Okay. Which I used to save leftovers and I'm that person who does not want to eat the same thing two days in a row. So even like a day or two later, I often don't want to eat that. So freezing leftover so that I have it the following week and enough time has passed is key. Frozen vegetables. Yes. Mostly store-bought. And I have to say, do not feel guilt. Some store-bought vegetables are better because they get frozen at peak freshness. Yes. Peas, right? Everybody talks about this. I'm guessing a lot of our listeners are already familiar with this, but peas are better frozen, except for like a tiny sliver of time during spring. I also save veggie scraps. So I'll, I will make vegetable broth and chicken broth in my instant pot. So when I have carrot shavings, some like outside of onions, not the skins, but like if I peel it back a little bit, um, the little tips of garlic, little celery ends that I've gotten rid of. You have to make sure that that stuff is washed also um, in order to save it. But I'll throw those in a bag, like a big gallon bag, or even sometimes a bigger one. And once it's full, I'll throw it in the Instant Pot with a bay leaf and peppercorns, et cetera. Yes, I do that too. And I will throw like parsley stems and stuff yes. in that bag yes. too. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Cilantro stems, yeah. Um And I do the same thing with chicken. So because I have this upcoming book on chicken dinners next year, I have really gotten into the habit of saving money by buying a whole chicken or chicken parts 
And it's not beautiful butchering, but just like cutting through it and then using the parts myself. It is so much cheaper. But then I typically end up throwing the wings mostly and like any little scraps into a bag. And then that can get added to my chicken stock when I'm ready to make it. Yes. I'm co-signing all of this. I know there are people who are going to say, I'm never going to make stock at home. Yeah. So just don't, fine. don't so keep don't a do freezer that. bag for stock in your freezer. We, we understand. It did tip me into making the veggie stock. I have to say that like, I always, I was going to always make chicken stock. I wasn't always going to make vegetable stock. And I did it because I tried composting and the city doesn't support composting in my neighborhood yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rolling it out and I'm further out. So I was like, I started when my like home composting and then delivering the compost to the park failed. Cause I was like, that's too much time and energy. I was like, I really do want to save all these veggie scraps. And that's what happened. And now I make veggie broth more frequently because of it. So if you're on the fence, that's a consideration. Yes. Uh, I'm going to fly through a few more things and then ask you, because I bet we're going to say a lot of the same stuff. Yes. Rice. When I cook, I always make double and freeze rice. I cook pasta ahead of time and I cook beans ahead of time. On my Instagram, you can see that I'll like make dry beans you know, once a week, once every other week, I show how on the instant pot in my highlights and then I'll save what's left over. Okay. I want to expand on beans real quick Okay, because I think this is an answer to a lot of people's question about, oh, like I'm supposed to cook dry beans and then what? And here's what I do. I cook beans either in the instant pot or the slow cooker. Like I'll cook a whole pound at one time and flavor it sort of neutrally, just like with onion and garlic and bay. And then when they're done cooking, I parcel them out, weigh them out into 15-ounce increments because that's generally what a can is. And I put them- you're so exacting. I love this. Yeah. I mean, there's more. it ends up being like sometimes a little more than 15 ounces when you put the like the bean cooking liquid on them. And I don't freeze mine. I know you like to store yours in glass jars, but I typically use just like quart size freezer bags because that's like what, equivalent to one can of beans in my I house. I actually do that. I transfer to bags for the okay. freezer. That's good to know. Yeah. You can, but yes, any kind of freezer um, safe bag or jar or airtight container to freeze them in. But the the reason that I parcel them out in like, one pound increments or 15 ounce increments is that that's what a can is. And that's what I am most often to use. And then I don't have to like defrost a whole pound of like cooked beans, which when they're cooked is way more than a pound at one time. And I think for a lot of people who don't, who are like, I don't, there's like a missing link between cooking dry beans, which we're supposed to do. And it's supposed to be like more economical and like buying canned bean, I think that's the the knowledge gap is like that you can and you should freeze your beans after you cook them. So do you said that you do freeze them in the liquid? I do. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Okay. I was just I, I usually keep we eat beans so frequently that I'll just throw a whole bunch in one big mason jar or two if that's how much I have. Yeah. And then we'll use it over the week. And then after like four or five days have passed, if we have any leftover, then I'll transfer them to a bag so that they can freeze laying flat. Yes. So that's another really good tip that we we should talk about is that anytime you can freeze beans or broth or rice or pasta like flat in a bag. Yep. Freeze it flat and then you can stand it up. And I'll take some pictures of our garage freezer because I just reorganized it, but I freeze everything flat. And then I bought some dollar bin stores that everything sits in upright, like a little file. Oh yeah, that's smart. And stock. And then that, and like I have the one that's one basket that's meat one basket that's beans, another that's broth. And that way it's really easy to just like pull the um, basket out and see what I have or grab what I need. That's great. And I think this gets to the point of freezing things the way that you're going to use them. Like if you have a little bit of that foresight and it doesn't have to take extra time necessarily, if you're going to use, you know, beans if you always use two cans because you have a really big family, freeze them in 30 ounce portions mm-hmm. approximately. You can eyeball it, you can measure it, whatever works for you. And also fruit, that's how I, I store my fruit in combinations. It's usually when it's about to go bad. 
I'll like throw it in the freezer so that I don't have food waste, but I'll like store bananas and strawberries together because that's how I use it in smoothies or strawberries and, you know, blueberries and blackberries all together. And if you ever need ideas about combinations, I sometimes like go to the freezer section and see like, what, what are other people freezing together? So like a berry combination is very popular. The strawberry banana is very popular. A kind of like pineapple, strawberry, raspberry combination is really popular in the freezer section. And those are smart jumpstarts to smoothies and even desserts. Yeah, totally. And then I'll also take any kind of green that I'll add to a smoothie. You know, I'll get a clamshell of spinach. And if somehow I've ended up with like two handfuls at the bottom and it's about to go bad and what the heck am I going to do with two handfuls, I'll just add it to my smoothie bag. So I'll freeze my fruit in like a bigger bag than is required the first time that I start the bag. So it'll only be like a third full. And then every time I have anything that matches that. So if I've started with strawberries, anytime I have any other berry or spinach that's going bad, I just open that bag, throw it in and close it. I love you so much that you're like, I only have a handful of spinach. I am the person who like buys the clams clamshell of spinach and then forgets it's in the fridge and I like will freeze the whole clamshell. I'm like, I can't deal. I'll deal with this later. I eat spinach almost every day at lunch. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. I buy it mostly for myself. Yeah. I'm more likely to buy mixed greens, which aren't great for freezing. Yeah. Good for my like salad lunch. But then sometimes I need spinach, fresh spinach for a recipe and I only use like a handful of it. And I'm more likely to just stick it in the freezer and use it later for smoothies. And I don't portion out anything for smoothies. I think it's so funny. It's sometimes that you're like, I'll never make jam, but you'll like make smoothie packs, which is brilliant, but I will never make smoothie packs. I love it. That's why we're (laughs) such a good match. Um, And You might when your kids get older and they want to make their own smoothies. Oh, true, true. Because then they can grab a pack. And put it in and know that it's going to taste good. Because let me tell you, Oliver has made some of his own smoothie concoctions when mm-hmm. he hasn't had a little bit of that like built in support <laughs> of a smoothie pack that mama helped curate or mix. And it's like brown town. It's weirdest disgusting. And then ever. he like takes one sip and he's like, mm, I don't like this one. <laughs> and it's like, that's a tremendous amount of food waste. Yes. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to be else? clear that we're saying. We sometimes freeze fruits and vegetables, but that more often than not, we're buying yes. fruits and vegetables. Because yes. I, I don't know if that's clear. Like, yes, we go strawberry picking once a year and I freeze strawberries. And we also like freeze bananas when they're getting overripe. Yep. But generally speaking, I am buying like the already prepped berry mix of of berries for the free, for the freezer or cubed pineapple for making smoothies. Peaches. I love to buy frozen peaches. I think especially if you live in a place where you don't get good peaches, that's what I would make like a peach cobbler with in the summertime instead of like using expensive, really nice fresh peaches for. And then I do cherries a lot too, because cherries are another one of those hard to find fruits all year round. Yes, totally. I actually just um, worked on a cherry pie for kitchen and we had to test it with frozen. And now I have some fresh in my fridge to retest it because they weren't in season yet. Yeah. Also veggies. Like, can we talk about the genius of buying frozen veggies of all kinds? Because in a lot of cases they are prepped for you and they're way less expensive than the prepped veggies in the produce section. Like we buy butternut squash all the time from the freezer and riced cauliflower. And those are things you can buy in the fresh department, but we are more likely to buy them free frozen and just keep them stocked for quick weeknight meals because they are ready whenever we're ready for them. Yeah. And those prepped riced veggies, spiral veggies, all of that stuff that's prepped ahead in the produce aisle goes bad in two seconds. Yep. Right? Like, am I imagining it? No, I feel like every time I'm like, I'm going to treat myself and buy this $3 tub of two ounces of zucchini. (laughs) Yeah. It always goes bad before we get to it. Or it's even like kind of gross when we get at home. Right? I love the frozen frozen version. I agree. And I think it also, you have to think about how you're going to cook it, right? So I used to never buy frozen squash or sweet potato except pureed. Okay. For like blending into like a pasta sauce or something. Then I realized if you're just going to throw it onto a baking sheet and roast it, 
then actually it's great. It turns out great. You know, if you're going to buy chunks of plain frozen squash and steam it. Well, it's already. I don't think it's as delicious. Sometimes um, freezing and then thawing something breaks down the cells. So it is essentially as soft as steamed already. So definitely for things like butternut squash, I'm more likely to throw them in like a pasta sauce or throw them directly into a soup without trying to like thaw them and then cook them ahead of time. So Megan, is there any frozen vegetable you do not buy? Mm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't really buy frozen spinach because when I buy fresh spinach, I just (laughs) stick it in the freezer. (laughs) Also, frozen spinach is often chopped. Yeah, and it's like a big block of it, which yeah. is one of the reasons I love freezing, like, the the clamshell of, of yeah. spinach is that, like, it kind of shatters. And so you can kind of just, like, grab a handful of what you need from the yeah. bag versus, like, the block of spinach. I have to commit to using the whole block. Totally. And I'm probably never going to do that. I know people really love frozen artichokes, but I don't really buy those either. Yeah. I mean, we buy a little bit of everything. I don't buy a lot of like mixed vegetables. You know how you can buy like stir fry veg or vegetable medley. I just don't find that that works well for us. We get more use out of buying like a bag of corn, a bag of peas, a bag of edamame, and then parceling, like using what we need from a bag as we need it. Yeah. The only thing is when I I need it for a recipe. So like for shepherd's pie is a great example. Like then I'll buy a bag of mixed veggies. Yeah. Because the fact that they'll like steam and let off a little water doesn't matter when you mix it up with the ground or pulled meat and you know, then you top everything with mashed potatoes and it's delicious and who cares about what's Mm. inside. (laughs) (laughs) I also wanted to add, cause you were saying you cook extra rice and pasta, which I've never done the pasta trick and that's genius, but I totally buy like the pre-cooked grains from the freezer too, which is a lifesaver on the nights where you're just like, I need to reheat some leftovers and put it over rice and call it a a bowl. Yep. Because they take like three minutes to heat in the microwave. And actually while I was gone for those two weeks last month, my husband used a lot of the like frozen rice and grains to make dinners. And that was really helpful to him. Yeah. And my husband did too, while I was away with you, I just, I guess I cook grains frequently enough that I save my own and just saves money. Yeah. But I have a quick question about that. Since sure. you purchase grains more than I do, what about these new um, vacuum packed rice and grain options? I just find, you mean like the shelf stable ones? Yeah. I just find that they're more expensive and usually they're flavored because flavoring helps them from being dry and also like is a place where they can add some salt preservative kind of things. Whereas the frozen ones are plain. It's I like agree. just rice or just like mixed rice. And I like that because then I can flavor it myself and be in charge of the, the amount of salt. And, you know, I don't have to worry about my kids being like, oh, this rice is spicy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think that that's, I also don't like those vacuum packed. And I will just say that, you know, people think you get a better texture out of that, or at least that's what I've heard. I totally disagree. I think it's a matter of how to freeze. So I just want to quickly make sure that we have a complete list of staples. That's really helpful to people. We're talking about veggies and fruit, rice, pasta that you cooked ahead of time. We talk about this in our pasta episode. I can link back to that. We didn't talk about proteins. I think we're both agree. You should be freezing meat. Yes. Yes. Also shout out to frozen chicken nuggets. We have a whole episode where we debate the merits of them. I am team frozen chicken nuggets. Sometimes you just need a mom win and you need to be able to pull nuggets out of the fridge. Do it, baby. Freezer and cook them. We didn't talk about pie crust and puff pastry and I'd like you to. Okay. Pie crust and puff pastry. I tend to make pie crust in bulk. Like if I'm going to make one and the food processor is getting dirty, I'm probably just going to go ahead and make four and then freeze them and freeze them like in a little disc that that's easy to store and also easy to thaw. Also in that same vein, I want to shout out to biscuits because you know, biscuits are really popular on my Instagram in this way. (laughs) I don't understand, but I love it and I'm here for it. I I recently posted about like 
I make bomb biscuits and I am proud of that. And I'm not going to shy away from talking about it. Do it, girl. But all the years of making biscuits has taught me that you can, if you want make ahead biscuits or you want to be able to have biscuits on a weeknight, make a batch on the weekend, freeze them on a sheet pan, move them to a freezer bag when they're frozen solid, and then you can bake them straight from frozen. And that way you can bake like two or four, however many you need for one meal at a time. So that's another thing I make in bulk and freeze. It's like so cookies, that, Just right? like cookies, which we didn't, we haven't even talked about. Yeah, that so I'm going to keep going because this, okay. we could talk about this forever. This is going to be I a I do want to shout out Puff Pastry because both of us put this on the list, which is we yes. both buy it and keep it on hand because it's great for making like quick pizzas or appetizers. So shout out to Prepped Puff Pastry. I mean, Puff Pastry is a freaking lifesaver. If you guys haven't used this, it just, you keep it in your freezer, you pull it out, you can use it right away, you can top anything with it, it looks fancy, and it bakes perfectly as long as you just like pay attention to your timer. Yep. And it's beautiful. You know, you can layer like cheese and then veggies on top and have like a gorgeous tart for dinner if your kids will eat that. Yeah. But it's also dinner parties. Fancy as f. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's like you feel like a and it's not. It's freaking super queen. Easy, I will never make it myself. Nope. Me too. Yep. I like I'm glad we agree on that. And you mentioned pizza dough. I almost always keep pizza dough in my freezer as well. Yep. Again, um, if you're making one batch of pizza pizza dough, just double it, one for now, one for later. Let's quickly complete our list and then I have a little game I want us to play. Okay. But I also let's complete our list with some basics. Like I always keep butter in my freezer because running yes. out of butter stresses me and Mike out. We're like, what? Isn't There's no butter? So what do we do? Isn't that so funny? I get stressed about that. Yeah. No, you have to have butter and I have to have salted and unsalted. Yeah. Mike will like put butter on his toast and he's like, is is this some, is this the unsalted butter? Like, why Uh-oh. aren't both in there? I'm like, yeah, sorry. We're out. <laughs> We're out. The salted butter. We Stresses need an emergency store around. So I yes. always keep butter in my freezer. What other staples like that do you keep in your freezer? Um, tomato paste, because you know if you yes. open a can and you use a tablespoon, if you just like freeze it in little tablespoon portions and then keep it in a bag. I also store like nuts and some specialty flowers in my freezer. Yeah. Which isn't like I don't I don't stock my freezer with those, but it's just a way that I'm preserving things that don't get used up enough in my kitchen. Yep. People might not know this, but if you buy like gluten-free flours for baking, they will last longer if you stick them in your freezer. Um, Not just like nut flours or not just whole wheat flours, which have more fat in them and are more likely to go rancid in your cupboard. But like the cup for cup sort of gluten-free alternatives, those will last longer too in the freezer. Yeah. And I just bought coconut flour for something that I want to try. I'm like going to use that once every six months. Yeah. So that is going to go into my freezer. And you mentioning flowers also reminded me that in your interview with Shauna Seaver, what episode is that? What's it called? So people know how to bake sweets with less sugar. Maybe. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And she talked about freezing spices, which is genius. Like if you buy them in bulk, Right. And that we talked to Kanchan about that too. And our episode on spices that if you want to start to experiment, to expand your repertoire of spices, don't be afraid about wasting them and it going bad. And it's more expensive to buy them in tiny amounts, depending on your source, pop it into the freezer. Yes. So I think that's a pretty... That's a great list. list. And we'll put the whole list on the show notes. I know that you have a super fun game that we are going to play, but we have to take a quick break and hear from this week's partner. Megan, I have something to admit. Sometimes I roll my eyes when experts suggest prepping veggies in fun, novel ways, even though I know we make that suggestion sometimes. (laughs) Oh, I totally get it. The thing is, it works, right? That's why we make that suggestion. But it takes extra time and energy that a lot of busy home cooks don't have. Exactly. That's why I am so excited about the new line of veggie swap-ins from Green Giant. Their frozen riced veggies, veggie spirals, veggie tots, and cauliflower pizza crusts are a busy cook's dream. Made with nutritious vegetables like cauliflower, sweet potato, beets, and so much more, these affordable shortcuts make serving veggies easy, fast, and fun. 
And the best part, because they're frozen, there's no pressure to cook them before they go bad like those pricey prepped vegetables you get in the produce aisle. With tons of options from broccoli and cheese veggie tots to nothing added veggie spirals that are 100% veggies with no sauces or seasonings, there's something for everyone, even picky kids. To learn more about the full line of Green Giant Veggie Swappins, visit GreenGiant.com and be sure to download coupons at GreenGiant.com backslash promotions and try them today. All right, Megan, we are back and I want to play a very fun game, I think. Okay, I've I can't pulled wait. up two articles on two very prestigious or popular, maybe, sites, and I will put the links in the show notes. I'm going to read from their article, Foods You Should Never Put in the Freezer, and I oh, want God. reactions. Okay. <laughs> like, real quick, let's not get it too deep. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Cucumbers. Agree. Yeah, totally agree. Watery vegetable, that'll thaw gross. Watermelon. Kind of disagree because you can freeze watermelon and turn it into like quick sort of sorbet or granita. Yeah. I wouldn't freeze watermelon to eat it fresh, which I think is an important distinction. Yes. Yes. Cooked pasta. Disagree. You should always have cooked pasta in your Hard pass on that. I totally disagree with them. So their rationale is that it will, you'll have to reheat it and it will get soggy. But if you listen to our pasta episode, we talk about how to avoid that. Yep. There you go. Coffee. Okay. There is some (laughs) research that backs this one up. Go for it then. So I kind of agree. Just the idea is that you should, we should, coffee beans. We need a whole episode on coffee. Oh my God, we do. Okay. So go ahead. The idea is that we shouldn't really be buying coffee beans in bulk or ground coffee in bulk because it goes bad pretty quickly. And then you get like funky tasting flavors. And it's one of the reasons people don't love coffee is because they're drinking old beans. Old beans. I want a t-shirt that says old beans. We'll put that in the didn't I just feed you shop along with the cheese me shirt. Yes. Yeah. Our metaphor metaphorical doesn't exist yet. <laughs> didn't I just feed you shop. So, so uh, yeah, it's like you have to do what works for you. And if you go to Costco once a month and you buy their beans, like my friend Patty, she, she has a Costco that they roast the coffee on site and it's really good. So she does buy her beans and freeze them. We don't do that personally. We buy like one bag of locally roasted coffee and we use it within a week. And so we're not freezing bulk beans. You're so, so fancy. That's so hip. It's more, you know, it's Brian. It's like his little luxury yeah. in his day. And I am the benefactor of that and I'll take it. And he brews all the coffee. So whatever he wants to do. I like it. <laughs> I bet he does too. Um, yeah. So I don't. I also don't freeze beans, but I totally would or ground. I always was under the impression that if you freeze beans versus ground and you package them well so that they don't absorb the smell and flavor of what else is in your freezer, then that's okay. But I don't know. You're you're not down. I mean, what I've read is that, so again, I'm not a coffee expert, but what I've read is that there are like flavor compounds that don't survive being frozen and defrosted. Kind of like tomatoes. Yes. Tomatoes don't freeze, right? Actually, you can to preserve them, which we didn't even get into. Like if you want to freeze heirloom tomatoes in the summertime or you have garden tomatoes, you can straight up freeze them whole, but you're never going to be able to slice them and put them on a sandwich. You're going to preserve them that way to turn them into sauce at a later date. Okay. You just blew my mind because I thought that you had to treat them like, you know, stew them or or prep them the way you would for canning in order to freeze them effectively. No. You just said whole, which blew my mind. Faith Durand wrote a great post on this for Kitchen, which is that you like can freeze them whole, just put them in a bag. And then when you thaw them, the skin peels off. So you don't have to do that thing of like boiling them and then peeling the skin off to turn them into sauce. Wow. Um so it's a super quick tip, especially okay. if anyone's doing any summer vegetable gardening. Avocado. Tomatoes reminded me of avocado. Okay. They say, they say you can never freeze avocado. They're saying never freeze avocado. I disagree. You cannot freeze. A, now they sell frozen avocado segments. Yeah, that's actually. what I was going to point out. Like in Trader Joe's, right? Yeah. Um. So you definitely don't want to use them for like avocado toast. The texture is going to be weird. But if you're going to turn them into guacamole or throw them in a f- smoothie, why not? Why not? Why not? I'm with you. Okay. Cheese. Oh, strongly disagree. 
I'm like, my blood pressure is rising. Oh my God. I love it. Talk to us. <laughs> okay. Again, it, you're not going to like you eat this cheese that you frozen on a, fresh on a sandwich. But if you can get like a bulk block of cheese for a good price and you want to grate it and freeze it, do it. And then you sprinkle that on like casseroles or in tacos or on nachos, like wherever it's going to get melty. And I don't even know that you have to thaw it to be able to do that. But that's one of those ways that you can like save money and utilize your freezer is freezing cheese and pulk. Oh my gosh. I don't freeze any cheese except Parmesan rinds. Wait, what do you do that? What, why? Tell me Because then I'll take the, like, instead of just getting rid of the rind, which usually has some cheese on it, I'll freeze it. And then I can throw that into soup, into veggie stock, into a pasta sauce. If I make something not in the instant pot, you know, so that some of that umami deliciousness seeps out. And sometimes depending on how much cheese is left, you also get a little bit of the melty cheese, but not in a way that's discernible to your mouth, but you just get a nice layer of flavor there of umami. That is so smart. I always just keep my Parmesan rinds like in the fridge and I'm always like, is this going bad? I don't know. Am I going to be able to use this in time? So to move them to the freezer, so smart. Yes. All right. So that was the list, but I think that what this is bringing up for me, especially thinking about the tomatoes and the avocados is do we have any quick tips? We won't go into super depth because we're running long and there's still more to talk about, but quick tips on how to freeze effectively. Cause I think people don't use their freezer because they're not wrapping things properly. They're not prepping things properly before they freeze them. And then it's freezer burn disgustingness. Yeah. You like that? Freezer burn I disgustingness. Do. Freezer burn disgustingness. So what Put that on quick... a t-shirt. What? Yeah. <laughs> freezer burn that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me think of another question. Okay. okay. Tell us your tips. My tips for freezing things so they don't get frozen, freezer burn. Is that the question? Yeah. Okay. I would say don't be afraid to double wrap things. And that doesn't mean that you're like using single wrap plastics a ton necessarily. Though for me, like whole cuts of me, I tend to wrap them directly in plastic wrap and then a layer of foil to protect them. Yep. But you could theoretically like wrap them in plastic and then stick stick them in an airtight container and that would protect them the same way. I think for things like biscuits and cookie dough, it is important to freeze them like on a baking sheet, but don't leave them on the baking sheet for longer than they need to be. Move them to a zip top bag or an airtight container as soon as they're hard enough to do that. Because I think that exposure to the air is what can lead to freezer burn. The other thing that we should touch on is like, you should be defrosting your freezer at least once a year. Probably experts would tell you you're supposed to do it every six months, but really who has the time for that? Because when you have like all those, the ice living in there, your freezer has a hard time regulating temperature. And really what causes freezer burn is temperatures fluctuating in your freezer. So like if your kids are leaving the free, trying to get a popsicle and then they leave the freezer open for 30 minutes and no one realizes it, things are starting to defrost and there's moisture layers that are created between the food and the storage container. And then when the freezer is closed and everything has, like the freezer has to work extra hard to blast chill what's in there, that's where you get the freezer burn. So keeping your freezer closed is probably the biggest tip. Yeah, that's a great tip. I actually was like met a mom at school who recently bought locks for her fridge and freezer, which sounds like oh my so god, terrible. But she's like, the kids kept getting in to the fridge and freezer and then leaving them wide open, and we would have food go bad. So we like had to do it. It's not to regulate what they're eating or how much they're eating. It's really just to keep their food from that going bad. Is hilarious. It's not wild, but also like, do you? That works for you. Nice job. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Keeping it closed as much as possible, double wrapping. Wrapping, yeah. And then thinking about how you want to freeze it. So like, you know, if you, and how you want to thaw it really too, because if you put in a whole clump of cookie dough, how are you going to just bake a couple of cookies if that's what you want? If you know that every time you're going to want to bake a whole mess of cookies, then sure, go for it. You know, it's like the beans, like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Think about how you use it. Are you, do you only use cans or are you fine just, you know, making a huge batch of them? Because however you freeze it is going to affect how you thaw it. 
And thawing is also really important. I like to thaw in my fridge because I think that makes for a better quality of food. I mean, that is true. But if you don't have time for that, there's two other ways you can thaw, right? Like um, using the microwave is my new is one of my favorite ways to thaw like broth and beans because you can actually use the thaw button and it will let you um, determine the weight. Like you can say, oh, I have, you know, a half pound of beans or I have three quarter pounds of beans and it adjusts the power of your microwave for you so that it thaw and it'll tell you like when to turn it. So the thaw function on the microwave. And then if you're like in a less of a hurry, you can use like a cool water bath. It's kind of wasteful on the waterfront, but if you're trying to like defrost something kind of quickly, but not as quickly as a microwave, you put whatever it is, the broth, the chicken in its container in a tub of water and then like let the water run. And it should be cool or room temperature water, not warm water to thaw. Okay. So we're going to find a whole bunch of articles that we've relied on in the past and that are helpful that have details on how to thaw, how to wrap things properly so that you can freeze them and avoid freezer burn in our show notes. So this is a really important episode to go visit our site, www.didntijustfeedyou.com because you'll get more detail there. We could honestly talk for hours. I know. I feel like we could have a whole episode about thawing. Totally. Totally. And maybe one day we will. But in the meantime, (laughs) we're just kind of touching on the top line basics to get you to shift your thinking about how to use your freezer effectively, how to organize it, how to make it work for you. And then go to the show notes. They're really, we put a lot of time into them. And Stacey puts a lot of time into them. To making sure that there are resources there for you guys. Yes. Because I'm going to move on from how to thaw and how to freeze. Talking about having a t-shirt that says defrosted disgustingness (laughs) or whatever it was we said made me think of a funny question. Megan, if you could have freeze yourself at any point in your life, because this is all about preservation, right? Right. Preserving something. It's like that podcast Forever 35. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to them. When would you freeze yourself? When would I freeze myself? Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) This is the greatest question of all times. (laughs) I'm sure there are people who would say like, oh, when they were in their teens or their early 20s. I definitely have some good memories of those times. But I feel like there's this – okay, the summer when I was pregnant with my youngest, Emmett, and – my daughter was not quite three yet, and I was, like, work- freelancing. I was in between working for Alton the first time and working for Alton the second time. It was before I wrote for Kitchen. And it was, like, the best summer of my – of being a parent. Like, my – I was pregnant, and I actually felt okay, even though most of my pregnancies were horrible. I got to, like, have work time but also kind of be a stay-at-home mom. And my daughter was just, like, so much fun. Oh, I love that. You're I think bringing I was the 32. tears. I think I was 32, if I'm remembering. No, that's not That's not even right at all. I was 31. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you? When would you freeze yourself? Okay, so I have two answers. One is just, like, the silly answer. I had a really good time. Like, my – I guess – mostly my second, third, and fourth last years in college. Okay. I, like, there were definitely, there was definitely drama. (laughs) Like, I'm sure then if I looked back at a diary, I would never be like, this is so great. I want to freeze this moment. Yeah, you're like, let me avoid that. But looking back, I just had a really good time. I was really ready to be on my own. Every summer, I would rent an apartment in New York City which is in between where my college was and where my mom lived. So I could still like home was still a touchstone for me. Mm-hmm. But once I left to go to college, I never lived at home again. Yeah, And I just felt so good and independent and I was young and it was fun and I had a good time. But really, this is so corny. Like, I guess now I feel like, I feel like life gets better and better. Yes. I actually almost said the same thing. So I relate to that. Yeah. And I have to say that like, 
I, on Mother's Day, which just passed recently, I found some videos of Oliver when he was, I don't know, he must have been barely two. And my mom is saying to him, do the robot, do the robot. And he lifts his jeans up to his knees, like he squats in the, <laughs> and he just like does a funny walk and is like, robot. And he (laughs) thinks he's being hilarious. And both Mike and I started to cry. (laughs) Yeah. But in actuality, like when I really think about what life was like, I really like having older kids. Yeah. It's really nice. Like it is nice to have a nine and a 12 year old. I don't know how many people would say that. (laughs) It's funny. I don't know. I feel that way about this season of having a almost five year old and a seven year old. Like. Yeah. I don't want to have babies again. No. <laughs> Hell no. I think that is a beautiful moment to stop on. What's not in our freezer? Homemade babies. baby food and breast milk. <laughs> Done with that. <laughs> All right. Find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join our private listeners group. The answer to the secret question is whiskey. Can you can you freeze booze? It won't freeze, right? Um, actually there are people, it won't freeze, but there are people who like keep their vodka in their freezer. It's one of those ways to make cheap alcohol taste better. There you go. (laughs) Tips galore on Didn't I Just Feed You? And that's why you should subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You? So you don't miss an episode and tips on how to make your cheap alcohol taste better. So if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference and it just makes us happy. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors, Jeremy N., Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. And hey, if you need something to listen to next, check out our friends at Selfie Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Sarah James, a beauty blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And together we host the podcast Selfie, a weekly podcast about two women trying to tackle better self-care. We are both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet we find it elusive. And while we may have all the info we need, we don't always get there. From the silly to the serious, we are taking a vulnerable yet humorous look at body, mind, and spirit. And maybe a touch of the random, all while looking at the distractions and defenses that keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. You can find us by searching for Selfie Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and also online at selfiepodcast.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.